I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the afternoon here on AusBiz Live from our Brangaroo studios. You've tuned in to the call. Uh, Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to two experts, and we do all that in an hour. It's Friday, the 12th of August. Yes, it's Friday. Uh, into the week, uh, um, and into the, a pretty good week on markets. You can, ooh, are we starting to feel a change in sentiment? Let's ask our expert panel today, Jumbei Lu from Tribeca Investment Park. Partners, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Afternoon to you both. Good uh, afternoon. Quite a good week on the markets. Absolutely. Halfway through earnings season. That's right. How are you feeling? Oh, oh, we're feeling pretty good. So the result so far has beat expectations. Right. Um, and the outlook hasn't been as bad as expected. Now, of course, the big news for this week is the CPI print in the US wasn't yep. as bad as expected. So that means bad news is good news, right? So that means um, uh, interest rate perhaps don't need to go up as much. And that has put a huge boost across a lot of potentially growthy stocks in the last week or so. Right. Um, it just, yeah, there's a, quite a lot of uh, optimism around. Okay, um, so so you run a long short fund though, so right. you don't care if the market goes down because mm. you're you're investing that way anyhow. But how's how are you feeling at the moment? Are you going more long than short now? Do you? Is this a lot of people have been saying, oh, this is just a bear market rally? Mm. Is it still a bear market rally? Or do you think we, the bulls are taking over? Look, I think uh, it's a bit early to call the bulls taking over, right. but I do think we have probably found the bottom somewhere. Now, as a longshore manager in this environment, it's actually interesting because this is we have had a bit of a junk rally. You know, so for a lot of those junk stocks, the stocks yep. that doesn't make money and you know in that sort of space, um, they probably will come back um, just because ah. it's not natural buying. You know, earnings not really supported and all okay. of that. A lot, lot of our experts have been saying yeah. if you've still got crap in your portfolio. <laughs> Use this as a way to just clean Absolutely. it all out. Absolutely. Right. Volatility is so still going to come. Say that. Absolutely. And then just use this opportunity by the high quality stuff because they will keep going right. because I think the optimism is returning. Okay. Mm. Michael, how are you feeling mm. about the market and, and yep. earnings season? Yep. Yeah, very good. I mean, pretty good. I mean, we went from a position a few months ago sitting in cash, letting it play out. And then as we saw in June, there was a bit of a capitulation there in markets yep. where we dropped about 10% just in the space of a couple of weeks. You know, bond yields went to levels which suggested, you know, sort of economy crushing interest rates next year. Yeah. So it all got a bit a bit too silly, a bit too bearish. And obviously everything started to recover since then. Um, bond yields have, have eased back. The CPI print uh, this week is confirming that potentially there's a, a turnaround here. Mm. Um, whether that's the low or not, I agree. It's too early to say. Um, because there's still uncertainty as to what will happen with, with interest rates. There's still right. we're still not sure how high they will go. So you're still in cash? A lot of cash? Oh no no, we've been we've been buying definitely oh, in the last okay. several weeks. So we're continuing to add to our portfolios, but I wouldn't be surprised if the market does come back for a retest and that'll be the big 
test of the market. So right. if we could get a bit of profit taking in the next few weeks, but everything seems to hold in pretty well considering, okay. um, then I'd be I'd be going. So back what have you the been market. buying? Are you been buying the quality stocks or yeah, main, are you mainly making growth. Yeah, look, mainly. Um, I mean, for clients, we tend to buy top top 200 stocks. So to rattle off some names in the last several weeks, um, you know, mineral resources, PLS, some of those those mining stocks, yeah. um, quality stocks like uh, CBA, Macquarie, uh, Goodman Group. So Goodman Group, REA, the type of stocks that were pricing very, very high right. interest rates are now starting to recover. So there's there's opportunities out there. But again, I think the next couple of weeks will be a big test. And I agree with um, with June Bay about the rubbish. Um, you know, stocks like Zip, stuff that doesn't make money. Um, yeah, they've, they've bounced pretty well in the last few weeks, but zoom yeah. out and you can still see it's a, uh, there's, there's not really much happening there. It's a I came across a mate the other day and said, oh, Zip's up. Zip's up 100% or 200% in the last three weeks. I said, yeah, but it's still down 90% yeah, from a year basis. ago. Yeah. I know, it's incredible, isn't it? How fast they get there. Oh. And uh, But one yeah. thing, though, you need to understand, like, in today's market, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of small cap managers, they have, um, you know, benchmark, right, small odd. Yeah. So with that benchmark, um, and Zip is a part of the benchmark, when it starts doubling and tripling, you know, it scares people. And so yeah. for those managers, they have to go out and force to buy to cover some yeah. of the underweight. So, you know, when they does start increasing so rapidly like that, you have a rush of buying just to, you know, just so that they cover their risk. And this is what's been, I reckon that's what's been happening because we saw the rally mm-hmm. in July and now yeah. you just have people going in just trying to cover their yeah, risk. Flat. They're not natural buying. So that's right. why you want to sell into those. Okay. All right. Uh, let's take a look at the stocks uh, we're going to cover this first half hour. New Hope. Uh, La Visa. The retail, that will be uh, an interesting discussion because if you should be buying now, buying quality, are they quality retailers? Because they've been smashed over the last um, last six months or so and really haven't recovered that much. Uh, Australian Clinical Labs, Family Zone, Cyber Safety and Macca. Um, take a look at um, uh, stock of the day, though. I thought we'd look at ResMed. Uh, fourth quarter figures uh, of the stock out today um, with its fourth quarter results, solid sales and profit growth, the latter appearing to be ahead of the market's expectations, reporting quarterly adjusted earnings of $1.49 a share. Uh, revenue rose 4.4% on a year ago. Key driver of its strong four-year growth was the US, Canada and Latin America, which supports this with a 7% increase in sales. We sat down earlier with uh, Resident Chief Executive uh, Mick Farrell. Let's see what he had to say about the company's outlook. Mick is a bit mute there, but uh, uh, we'll see if we can uh, get that back on a little later. But uh, uh, share price uh, dipping a little bit today. Jumbay, Resmed, one of our, our great medtech companies, is it? You put it up there with Cochlear, CSL, um, Resmed, don't you? Um, what did you think of the result? I thought the result was fantastic. Obviously, stock has rallied hard into the result. That means the expectations was very high, but yeah. still they managed to meet the expectations. So great result. And the outlook, if anything, it has been actually really, really bullish. They don't expect the key competitor, Philips, to come back to the market for the, at least next 12 months because of some of the regulatory issues. And that's actually better than the expectations. Right. Um, most people expect six months they will be back. 
and they they actually literally say they just couldn't keep up with the demand. They're just selling everything they um, right. they they've got, and the backlog in terms of demand is massive. And then they are expected to increase their production quarter on quarter over the next many quarters. So, and you know that that the. Consensus number is way too low. Um, just on the result itself, we expect probably 2% upgrade. Um, and then overall, the next year, we should see a bit more upgrade coming okay. through. Uh, Great stock, you know, it was down 5.5% initially when it opened. Um, everyone should be buying at that price. Clearly, now it's recovered a little bit. But it's um, just a quality stock that with right. good, good earnings growth. Um, yeah, very defensive. Uh, would you it's be buying at these levels? Yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, uh, Resmin, the big sleep apnea um, manufacturer, and as I said, the big four with with CSL and Cocula and, and Resmin. Uh, what mm. do you think, Michael? Um, I have the same thoughts. So we like the company. We've got clients holding it, um, even at these levels. Yeah, yeah. Look, on the five-year chart, there it's sort of still close yeah. to five-year um, highs. I think we looked at this one on the show when I was here about a month ago, and I, yeah. I pointed out that what was really interesting about. Um, the way Resmed trades, obviously, because I'm looking at the charts a lot, um, was it bottomed in May? The, yeah. the market bottomed in June. So despite that capitulation in the markets that, that I spoke about a few moments ago, um, Resmed just kept powering ahead. So that just showed a lot of good buying support. And that initial dip this morning um, on a result that, OK, didn't you know, knock it out of the park in terms of expectations. They, they were merely sort of met. I mean, that's that's good enough in this market. So as, as Jumbo said, it was down 5% this morning, but it's already recovering. So again, we're seeing that buying step in. Right. So very positive sign for the stock. And, and I think it will just continue to meander higher from here. Okay, meander higher. So yeah. is it a buy? Um, I'd buy it here. Okay. All right. I think one of the things they've done dif- like different structurally should be better is that they have probably structurally taken share from Philips. Now right. that Philips has such a big recall, um, and um, you know a lot of and those structural share was never in people's numbers, so it should be at all-time highs. Okay. You know, just in terms because it's and, structurally changed. And and when competitors like that go through mm. a recall, mm. it does affect confidence in their product going Absolutely. forward. And now there's and regulatory review. Advantage. Yeah, that's right. And now the FDA is a bit worried about the, the competitive right. new product that's coming out, whether that's okay. Right. So, you know, so it does take time and confidence for people to come back in. Okay. And structurally, you know, you just build your momentum. Um, right. Let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a look at. And first up, Lydia wants a view on New Hope Corporation, the big thermal coal miner. Um, we'll take the ESG filter off of uh, off of this because everyone's uh, ESG filter is very different. So we're just looking at this from a purely investment point of view. Uh, Michael, what do you think mm. of New Hope? Um, it's it's done really well and and i think part of that is because everyone has this esg filter now and they ignore it whereas since the start of the year there's been solid buying in this business because if you ignore what's trendy and ignore the narrative the fact was we were going to need coal and the prices were going to go up and they have been going up and the share price of new hope's been going up it's more than doubled so um look it's got a nice trend to it i think yeah, it's hard to predict at what point, um, you know, coal prices will start to, to taper off, um, you know, in terms of where the demand might sit over the next several months. But but looking at obviously the trend there, I'd be happy to stay, stay with that trend um, and the obvious demand for, for coal. And it could probably continue to surprise the upside because unfortunately, because of the ESG filter, there, there aren't as... Uh, 
you know, many buyers coming in and pushing it up to silly levels, um, it's it's got a nice sustained trend because, yeah, some people are still ignoring it. So I think it can continue to push high. Okay. So five-year highs at the moment, would you... Uh be buying at these levels? Yeah, um, I'm happy to buy stock at an all-time high because there's no trap sellers above me. So yep. um, I think it can continue high. I'm okay. happy to buy it here. All right. Um, and Jumbo, they are money-making machines at the moment. Absolutely. This and uh, Whitehaven. Absolutely. And Terracom, which is a, a smaller one. Thermal coal, don't get mixed up with metallurgical coal because mm. that's very different. So not all coal miners are the same. Mm. But what do you think of New Hope? Look, I think, look, I, th- I think those companies. Remember, it's the um, uh, you only hold them for a period where coal price is great, and um, you know, and then when the global growth slows down and things will become tough. So, and but if there's a time that you would hold coal company, it is now. Right. Things are going so well for those businesses. Their just demand is enormous. What part of the reason, um, you know, part of the big reason is actually, you know, when uh, Russia and Ukraine conflict t- took place, um, you know, we saw the spike in energy and LNG prices, yep. right, and say as coal prices. Now the problem, and then but what we've had found since then is that Russia continued to ship, um, you know, some of the um, oil to yeah. elsewhere because you can. Whereas the coal, uh, Russia be a big producer in that part, they can't ship them. It's much, much harder. So that's why you have this chronic shortage at this point. We already have a shortage and now they have a, now have a shortage because no one's buying things um, yeah. out of Russia. Um, and uh, so the coal prices <coughs> are holding very strong even though the oil prices come off a little bit because, yeah. you know, oil is moving around and things. So um, so that does underpin quite a lot of demand for the short term. Um, look, if I hold it, it, it is absolutely, or if I hold it now, you're absolutely holding it. Um, it's um, a, a bit harder to say buy because, you know, right. you, the minute share price moves, um, you know, where the coal prices started moving around, um, it's, it's okay. it can collapse quite quickly. There's right. no additional buyers. They're going to be good dividend payers. It'll be massive dividend It'll be massive dividend. Be enormous, yeah. Okay. Uh, Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor, um, he puts the argument that coal is a broken commodity, that mm. when uh, commodity prices reach a peak, that encourages more supply to come on the market mm. and then it trends down again. The reason coal's broken is there will be no more There'll supply. No, more. Mm. Uh, no bank will finance a new coal mine, no government will approve a new coal mine. Mm. So for the next 10 years, as the world moves across to um, renewables, mm. even uranium, mm. um, which is, you know, could uranium actually deliver as mm. an investment for exactly. the first time and ever? Um, they're going to need coal. Absolutely. So this is this is a the thing. There's no supply coming on. There's no investment into it. It's going uh-huh. to put a lot of pressure on coal. But but also and that will be, keep prices high. It will. But do be very mindful. The people who can invest now, it's getting harder and harder because of the ESG lens. Right. So you know, there's like um, literally any institution. They will go through all their managers. They will be saying, okay, what are some of the things you have in the portfolio, and how do you reach that target in five years and with you know clean right. portfolio sort of thing. So your your investor group will shrink and. Shrink trick. Um, so I really think the people who can make money is really um, individual investors, um, you right. know, where your horizon is quite short and you can make good. So, so more than anything, rather than capital gain mm. on the share price, they will just be massive dividend payers because they've got to do something because the they money. can't exactly they can't invest and they, yeah. or they can't buy. So you're buying for dividend rather than absolutely it's gain. a cash flow business. Right. Okay. Eventually right. they'll go private. My view is they go private and the private capital where it doesn't require public you know scrutiny um, will right. be able to take those private. Uh, they right. shouldn't be listed. Okay. Yeah. So private equity groups absolutely, will start yeah. taking them on. Okay. 
All right, uh, Jason wants a view of La Visa, the the big retailer in, um, not to be disparaging, but sort of costume jewelry. Trinket. uh, (laughs) Well, that's even more disparaging. (laughs) Um, But but cheaper low-end jewelry. Um, uh, Michael, what do you think of La Visa? Mm. And retail as a whole, both of you are saying it's time to get back in, uh, quality stocks, but all retailers have been absolutely decimated in the last six months. They're on Mm. incredibly low PEs, including La Visa. Um, Is it time to get back into the quality sort of retailers because the chances of a recession, you know, the doom and gloom of five weeks ago, we're going to a recession. Mm. Doesn't look as though it's going to eventuate. Uh, Mind you, I don't think, either. It was a long time since I did economics at university, but you can't have a recession on full employment, I don't think. Um, yeah. What do you think? Um, I suppose if we had this conversation a month or two ago, yeah. I'd say yes, but the share price has lifted from about $13 to, to $18. All right. So I just think that maybe the, the risk reward here is a little bit too difficult for right, me to be buying go. it. The chart's got... Look, it, there's there's still momentum there, and it might continue to increase. I'd be happy as a holder. Yeah, it's a good business, even though um, you know their margins aren't great. I just wonder. You know, I'm not a buyer of jewellery, of course, but I just wonder if if their well, segment of the market is a little bit. Know. <laughs> I know on the weekend you have your yeah. nose ring or your earrings. <laughs> <and yeah. laughs> so I just I don't know. I just wonder if maybe what they're selling is a little bit too discretionary that um, that if we do end up with uh, you know tough okay. times in the next several weeks that they they may well suffer again it's is that priced in or not 13 14 dollars I'd be happy to take a swing and say well maybe it's gone a bit a bit too south but yeah 18 dollars I think it's not worth okay. the risk so a whole given that Jean-Bay, there used to be the lipstick index, wasn't it? When right. t- times are tough, people would buy lipstick as it. a cheap um, reward when they couldn't afford, um, afford right. anything more. So is La Visa in that sort of mark? Um, actually, it's in a different area. And I remember that was Mark McInnes from David yeah. Jones that said that. And also during the tough times, people like to look good so yeah. that you know they're in the office and being noticeable. Um, so yeah, no, that, that's absolutely true. But retail, La Visa is a very different area. It's it's young, it's exciting, it's going out, uh, it's event driven. You know, yeah. so when people go out, they buy some trinkets. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive; just something looks nice for that particular event. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a huge market for these guys. And these guys really, you know, during pandemic when all the events were shut they couldn't mm. sell stuff online so because yeah. no one was going out so this company will benefit this reopening thematic look what's happening in uk and things you know yeah. everyone's out so you know this company because they are overseas are they big push in the us, oh, US and uk, and, UK yeah. and also at the same time they, they, this company uh, they um not only trinkets uh, they exposed to the young sort of demographic so yeah. you know so so it's actually quite different i think the consumer environment will be really tough in the next little while um just because how much you know we heard enough about it it's going to be tough 
tough. Now, so you want to be not mature retailers, um, you know, retailers that rely on consumer to do better, to do well. Uh, and then these companies will probably have negative earnings and you don't want to be in there. Things right. like JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman and things. They're defensive and things, but earnings will go backwards. Right. I just don't want to be in those businesses. I want to be exposed to a more younger demographic that they're spending their parents' money oh. and that they also, <laughs> and uh, they're still living at home and yeah. they may not have the afterpay to, you know, because the credit score is harder, right. uh, but they still have money to spend. They want to go out. And also you want to be in retail that's growing. So LaVisa is rolling out a lot of stores around yeah. the world, like a hundred year or something. And so, you know, that just drive mm. that growth. So even though it's, a, you know, amongst all retailers, it's a little bit more expensive, much rather to be in that one. Uh, Universal is another little one. You know, they're yeah. rolling out. Universal so again, that your young sort of demographic. Um, but, um, you know, that one's a little bit much cheaper and things. But look, discretionary income is going to be tough. It's just that you want to be exposed to one that's actually have organic growth coming through. Right. So would you be buying La Visa or it's, holding it, it? It is. I'm holding it. Absolutely. Right. I hold it. And um, just buying additional money, it has rallied very hard into the result. Right. Just, you know, tactically a little bit more cautious. Yeah. Yeah. So a hold, hold, but your choice is La Visa and Universal Stores yeah. in retail. Yeah. All right. Uh, Miles wants a view, uh, Jumbei, on uh, Australian Clinical Labs, the uh, pathology services group that, uh, like all pathology groups, made enormous money. Uh, during the pandemic, shoving things up our noses to uh, test us. Uh, and as we've seen, made pretty good margins on they it have. too. Incredible margins. Absolutely. And uh, look, it's going to be tough. Um, <laughs> they made so much money and then they're earning the Huge next little, amount. And around the world, we've seen the PCR volumes dropped significantly, like 50%. Yep. So this company's earnings is going to fall a lot on that basis. Um, so, um, so that's going to be very hard. At the same time, remember pathology companies, they never really have too much pricing power, right? Because they right. do big volume. Uh, that's why they also consolidate it. Only a couple of large providers do it. Big volume, small margin, um, and then year in, year out. Now, um, in the environment where PCR tests, big margin is going to disappear, um, and the cost is going up significantly because, you know, all these testing materials, things are going yep. up. And they don't have pricing power. So I think the environment, not only the the COVID hangover, um, you know, the actual competitive landscape is going to get hard, margin is going to get hard. Um, it's just very difficult. I, right. I would put, you know, Sonic and a few, like Helios and kind of in that same bucket as well. Oh. Just so so you just be selling out of them? Yeah, I wouldn't touch them. If you hold them, would you, I would sell, would you sell? Yeah. Right. Michael? Um, yeah, I agree. And we saw with um, a recent announcement, they've got issues with staffing as, as any yeah. business does that has <clears> staff and they're getting cancellations. Um, so. Yeah, even the I think the earnings visibility is quite quite poor. So um, you know that's another negative. And when I look at the way it's trading, <coughs> I can see every time it tries to rally, there's some big selling, um, stepping yeah. in big volumes. Not ideal. This thing's going lower by the looks of it. So I I wouldn't be holding this. So you'd be a seller as well. Yep. If you're in it. Yep. Did they make enough during the good times? Because I'm thinking they were slugging the government so much money and the margins were so good and they were setting up in the car parks of shopping centres so there's no rent, no nothing, just a big tent with a couple of people there shoving it up your nose. Mm. I'm thinking, God, they should have made even more money at those times, don't yeah. you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, do they, do they invest it in a particular area expecting this to just continue on for much longer than it, oh, yeah. than it did with, with the testing and 
obviously everyone's got over it a bit quicker than maybe they thought. Yeah, yeah so they'll look at they've made heaps of money and then but the thing is for every company Jeez. like that you just go well what do I do because you know it's not it's not coming back next year it's going to be yeah. horrible there's earning hole we need to buy something so I actually think company like that you are washed with cash just go and buy things Sonic right. I think we will you know they just need to go out and buy things right. um, you know unless you want to pay it out as dividend but then you won't grow you're, yeah. you're earning mm. you, you yeah. buy something to plug that earning hole and at the moment I don't know things yeah. are still pretty expensive and <laughs> no, not not me, but there seems to be this view: if you don't test, you don't have COVID at the moment. So, <laughs> not quite the right thing to do. Uh, Michael, Andy wants a view on uh, family zone cyber safety. This is the uh, uh, parental control platform for you to keep mm. your kids safe on on the digital platforms. Yeah, I think um, I think previously on this show it was being discussed that it. It almost doesn't even work half the time. I think there's mm. there's ways around it um, if you know what to do. Um, no, no, yeah, I don't yeah, know about yeah. That the kids, yeah. parents are saying, yeah, kids, we're monitoring it, and the mm. kids are going, well, yeah, you might think you are, but maybe. Yeah, that's. I'd, I'd say <laughs> that's a big problem. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> if, if it doesn't work, where's your business case now? So, um, I don't know. I mean, when I look at the chart, it looks like something that's okay. It's been smashed. It's lost maybe two-thirds of its value, seems to be breaking that downtrend. Um, it doesn't look like it's making making money. They, they keep talking about recurring revenue. Um, <coughs> I don't know. I, I just, a bit too hard for me. I, I don't know if it's, if it's worth it, worth it here. I think we're in a market at the moment where if you're not, you know, turning a profit reliably, um, yep. it's, you know, I guess to our point at the start of the show, it might then get, get sold off and, and replaced by the market with something that's actually making money so i think it's probably still a bit of a risk here okay mm. is it isn't it funny when you go through eras of exuberance it's all about revenues that's right then a crunch comes that goes back to the really old-fashioned business model <laughs> that you've got money. to make yeah. money <laughs> you've got to have a product or service product. that a customer will pay for and you make a profit out absolutely of. <laughs> no, no it is right ultimately it it's does come hard, down to that yeah. <laughs> you know people like you and me we've seen the previous cycles yep. right like you know ultimately still come down to the earning you, if you have a proper business model yep. this is a company it's a roll-up of loss-making businesses <laughs> so um, it, and uh, they bought all these huge acquisitions lots of challenges of integrating things um, it's it, it was a thematic play so yep. during the bubble times and you know it's in that cyber security it's in that family you know tracking protecting and all that your kids exactly yeah. you know and they just attract a lot of interest and ultimately need to demonstrate uh, your scale you know you're still not big you're tiny uh, and then the, you, you know, demonstrate you can integrate those businesses and demonstrate you got a business model uh, we've seen how hard it is to actually generate a proper business model like Life360 in that tracking space right it, how hard it is yeah. to actually get people on board charge them and then do other things Life360 is much further down the track and they've done all of that and demonstrated that really good at what they do but this one is way too early in, in their journey um, I wouldn't touch it yep okay something a bit more conventional uh, Lauren wants a view on Macca the Australian based mining and civil construction company uh, what do you think um, Jumbo Macca um, yeah. is is that mining services area yeah, a it's place to be? Yeah, mining services, um, <laughs> but, but this one's already under bid, um, so, and I don't think there'll be yeah. another bid coming through, so I'll be just selling it and putting into something else, um, right. just recycle your capital. <coughs> um, so, so take the money yeah, and Yeah, just take the money, yeah, it's yeah. done. Michael? Yeah, same. So when you've got, when you've got these bids, there's, I guess, firstly, the, um, the risk reward that 
the bid falls through, so it goes all the yep. way back to where it was, or you, maybe you get a little bit more <coughs> by holding on, and then there's an opportunity cost. So at the moment, we've got a nice, faster-moving market. There's opportunities. Why sit in something that's that's got a flat line? So, right. for example, um, we bought some Oz Minerals two weeks ago, so I was right. very lucky oh, with that well one. Done. But when the bid came in on Monday, we just said, look, just take it off the table and uh, and move on to something else. So okay. I'd do the same with this Do the one same well. for this. All right, let's recap the first five stocks. ResMed, uh, a buy from both uh, Michael and Jumbo. Uh, New Hope, a buy from uh, Michael, a hold from Jumbo. Hold for LaVisa from, from both. The recommendation on Australian Clinical from both is to sell. Uh, family Zone... Uh, a no-go for both of them, and uh, Macca a sell as well. Uh, the call is uh, tracking its own high-conviction fantasy fund, which is picked by Investment Committee. The uh, latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch on ausbiz.com. Let's check in on the portfolio update. Um, so heading into August, uh, the committee decided to, um, to sell Ordinate and Bank the profits. Uh, they added Oz Minerals as well, so that was a, a handy one this month. Also upped the size of the investment in Woodside. Let's see how the portfolio is performing. Uh, since the 1st of March, the fund is up 3.7% on a cumulative re- uh, return basis. Keep sending in your request to the call though, because um, the recommendations here will then be elevated to the investment committee. For example, ResMed will be put up to the investment committee. I think it's already in the portfolio as well. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we're going to be looking at Domino's, uh, Bramble, Spirit Technology Solutions, Kip McGrath Education, Lifestyle Communities. If you could wish for a more diverse group of stocks, you wouldn't get any more diverse than that. So uh, it's going to be fascinating. We're going to cover all grounds. All right, Dom, not Don Mahaja, Dom uh, wants a view on Domino's Pizza. Uh, of course, the big pizza uh, chain, but not only here in Australia, but uh, New Zealand, France, Belgium, Netherlands, Japan, used to be Italy, but uh, that was a classic taking Coles to Newcastle, taking pizzas to Italy, but uh, they pulled out of that this week, Jumbo, didn't they? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised they thought they could make it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always interesting. On the high side, we always thought, oh, what were they thinking? And uh, But yeah. at the time, we were sold of the stories, like, oh, we can do better. It yeah. is actually they love going out. Well, they took pizzas pizza. to Japan they successfully did. and everyone. And France as well. Yeah. You know, and France. Oh, like, oh, French people love it. Like, oh, they actually love pizza. You yeah. know, it's just it's just interesting but ultimately it's about good business good business sense and offer something that's different um, yeah. and uh, good value yep well, what do you think of Domino's now, though? Uh, look, I think Domino has had a bit of rally into the result. Uh, result's going to be tough. There's going to be earnings downgrade. Uh, it is probably expected. Um, just, you know, the currency is working against them. Big part of earning come from Japan, and uh, currency is uh, very, very weak, so that's weak. Um, and also, we heard from just in Europe, all the trading is not doing too well, and Australia is not doing great. Cost escalation is significant, because uh, all the material, raw material, um, you know, food costs has gone up significantly. And as you know, 
Domino don't really have that much pricing power. You know, you can yep. shrink the pizza only you know over time. You can't do it so quickly. Um, overseas Domino's um, chain sort of report or indicate to pretty tough environment. Um, so I do think this one is, um, um, you know, I'll be lightened um, just because it's sort of rallying into a result that is going to be pretty weak. Okay. Yeah. So a sell from so, Yeah. Okay. Michael? It was funny that um, a few years ago when interest rates were going down, Domino's positioned itself as more of a tech company to mm. try yeah. to yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, benefit from, uh, from the big rally in tech stocks. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, all the negatives that the June Bay mentioned, I agree with, you know, the costs and um, and so on. I think it'd be tricky to necessarily see a, a beat on this. Um, it's starting to trade well. I mean, you know, in the last year it's, it's had this horrible downtrend, um, but over the last several weeks it does appear as though it's trying to break that downtrend. But, I mean, it doesn't look like it's dirt cheap either. Um, so, yeah, they really need to come up with something extraordinary, I think. And I just, again, just think the risks well, are this time last year it was $165. I know, that was ridiculous. And now it's 70 Yeah. And it's still not dirt cheap. That, that, that's right. I mean, they've, you know, they've. I think they've previously guided for same store growth of 3 to 6%. They're only getting 2 yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in terms of yeah, those, those cost issues with ingredients, staffing, um, you know, maybe demand might taper off because those that buy Domino's don't have the money right. to, to spend on this. Um, yeah, I just, it, yeah, it looks, looks like it's come back a long way, but uh, it could, as we've seen with some other stocks this year, um, that doesn't mean anything that can continue. So you'd have it as a sell as well? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd okay. sell it. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, when it's close to $60, 60 61 around that thing, that's by mark. Oh, it's very okay. clear. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, there's, there's a trade. I think it, it won't get to 60 because I think everyone's sort of waiting there with the 60. So yeah. it probably get to like 61, 62 is where, you know, you absolutely just jump in and buy it. And right. I think result is probably the catalyst because the result is going to be a bit weak. Right, okay. Yeah. All right, uh, let's uh, go from pizzas to logistics. And um, uh, we have Parissa wants a view on Brambles. You've got uh, WiseTech, which is software logistics. You've got Brambles, which is good old Chet Pallet. Michael, uh, mm. what do you think of Bram? It's a bit more than the Chet Pallet, but yeah. it invented the, the pallet, which revolutionised uh, moving goods around. Um, I mean, it's uh, the share price is the same level it was seven years ago. It's just been a poor investment. Um, and you'd think that during that period of time, there were opportunities for it to actually do well. Yeah. Why would it now do well with everything that's, that's going on in the world? I mean, when we look at, um, some will recall that, that I think back in May we had, there was an approach apparently from CVC and that fell over within a day. Yeah. Um, that would be that... That short spike, spike up. up there. <laughs> yeah, and what's interesting is it's now back at that level. So, yeah, in okay. some respects, you could say, well, it's cheaper on a PE basis compared to historically, slightly, but the market's still pricing in a bit of a nice, nice outcome here. And again, this is a business that, you know, we know about lumber costs are, are an issue. Um, you know, if global growth slows down, that's that's a bit of an issue. I just don't really see much upside from here. Again, if it's instead of being an eleven dollars stock, if it was back to you know nine dollars, you could make a case for taking a punt, but not at eleven dollars. Yep. 
Jumbo? Yeah, it's one of those defensive stock that doesn't grow as much and uh, it pays a bit of dividend, um, you know, sort of 4% dividend yield. Um, just doesn't grow much. The reason they had a rally is because it stepped away from the, the plastic pallet sort of, you know, investment because yeah. that would have been enormous market just didn't like it. And then so they stepped back, but they're still investing a bit more money. Like you said, they, when they're during good times, they have to keep reinvesting because it's a business that, you know, there's really not that much innovation, right? It's really just about, you know, yeah, you have to pour money back. Exactly. Yep. So um, so ultimately, it's something that doesn't really move much. If market falls, this one is defensive. For me, um, I, I just wouldn't put my money in it. Okay. All right. Uh, would you put your money in Spirit Technology Solutions? Chris wants to know that, Jumbe. Um, he says, uh, especially when compared to a similar mm. company like Aussie Broadband, which is really popular on, on the call, which mm. it is, uh, Spirit, um, when compared on revenue to market cap and EBITDA to market cap comparison, appears to be significantly cheaper than Aussie Broadband. Um, what do you think of Yeah, uh, look, I, I think Spirit is, uh, you're absolutely right, and it probably should be much cheaper. Uh, it is a company that has, it's a roll-up of all these telco and the services. And um, and then, you know, it's a strategy. Management turnover was so significant in the last many years, and the strategy has changed many times. It just right. sounds like a little Me Too business trying to buy out all those businesses, trying to be the likes of whether Aussie Broadband or someone else, right. and never really got to the scale and never really have the management vision and team uh, to bring it together. So, you know, it's 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 a void right yeah. and I suppose that that's a good issue for Chris to consider as well because you can just look at the numbers mm. on these things but the investment markets do look at the track record if mm. there's management answer or management have let the market down it actually takes a while to rebuild confidence, doesn't it? Because uh, professional investors like you go, well, you told me that you disappointed me three years ago. You've got to work ages. extra hard to turn me around. Exactly. And remember running a business, um, you know, um, Tosha, you know, like running a business, things go wrong all the time. Yep. And you need that management experience and team to bring it together and know how to deal with crisis because every day things just, there's variables that you didn't expect to yep. take place. And if you react properly, uh, have a proper process, then you will do well. Um, that's why management team is so important. Uh, and you know, if you never really have the execution or you know track record, uh, yeah. what makes people can you know believe you yeah. that you can yeah, do yeah. it? Yeah. So it's more than just about the numbers comparing it to a mm. uh, a competitor, because the competitor, their executive team may be more highly regarded by the markets mm. because they've del delivered on their promises. So mm. sort of an extra filter to put over it. Uh, Michael, mm. what do you think of Spirit? It's not a business I'd heard of, and when I yeah. went to have a bit of a look at it this morning, I was I was a little bit confused. I had to go back and try to figure out what really was going on. There was a divestment, and yeah, I just don't, for the same reasons. There's just a little bit too much going on there to yep. to actually say yes, this is this is great value, or it's got a great great prospects ahead of it. Um, the only positive I will say for for Chris, though, is in terms of the chart. I mean, if I'd been looking at this about a week ago, it's had this really nice technical breakout. You could have almost made 50% mm. just as a little uh, technical trade there. So, uh, look, I think the share price is going to go up in the short term, but longer term, you could see it's still in a, in a downtrend. And unfortunately, yeah, there's too much uncertainty right. around this. So I, couldn't be, um, I couldn't be buying it. Right. And, and I suppose, Chris, we should say here that we... You know, the advice here is for more medium to long-term investors. If you're a trader, like uh, Michael and, and Jumbo can do, they can be in and out within a month or 
a week of a particular stocks, maybe there's some opportunities there. But for a, a mere mortal investor like us, <laughs> you need a bit more skill if you're going to do all of that. All right, let's. Uh, Olivia wants a view on Kit McGrath um, education. This is the uh, the basically the the online tutoring uh, uh, business, isn't it? Not only here in Australia, but also the UK um, and New Zealand. What do you think of Kit McGrath um, as a business? I think it looks looks good. They obviously with all these education businesses, we had that COVID period. Um, before that, they were doing really well, growing their earnings, um, and this looks like they're they're doing well again at this point. Um, so I guess my answer has got a positive and a negative. I think the business looks good from what I've seen this morning. As a negative, there's just no liquidity. So right. for that reason, I can't buy something that only trades a few thousand dollars a right. day um, yeah. because I'm the type of trader I am, I want to be able to get out if I lose more than a certain amount. And if there's no liquidity, that's going to be a problem. So for me and my style, it'd be no, but right. the business does look good. Okay. All right. Shumbo? Tutoring. I, uh, I remember many years ago at the Song <laughs> Conference, I think five, six years ago, I think I made the pitch about uh, a tutoring company out of China. It was like, what can go wrong if you're ordering tutoring services to Chinese kids? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's uh, just the demand is insatiable. Oh, huge. My... <laughs> My daughter and grandkids used to live in Hong Kong. They would have bus advertisements That's completely right. covered with ads for tutoring absolutely. businesses because every parent wants their kid to be a genius, I suppose. Oh, um, look, absolutely. And the pressure, right? If everyone yeah. else getting tutored, you got to get tutored. So, look, I think the, the thematic is good. Like, you know, it, yeah. there will be more demand it's, for it. And here in Australia, it's getting oh, getting more. that way. Especially, too, oh, you start getting, yeah. So, you know, parents will never tell you, but you know they're tutoring their kids. <laughs> <laughs> I so know they're tutoring their kids. And... Uh, <laughs> I may or may not have looked into those. Oh, Johnny got an A. But you're getting him you're tutored. Getting we tutored. know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I may or may not tutor my kids. But so there's a lot of demand for those services. Uh, yep. But the, the, the challenge is that it's about building scale. You know, yeah. you're, um, essentially, what's your competitive advantage? There's another uh, online little uh, tutoring company that's been around for quite a while. It's been doing very well. Share price decimated because it's an online business that yeah. burns cash. Uh, is Cluey, yeah. uh, C-L-U. And, um, you know, share price decimated because, you know, it's online business and, and then, you know, cash burn and things. But that one is very interesting as well. Yeah. Um, look, I just think that sector looks good. But it's just at this point, it's um, you, you need to know because the sector is still going through that proliferation early stage. You're not sure who's going to make it. Yeah. And there's a lot of competitors just like these guys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so to me, I'm more uh, on the side just to see if the online guys can make it um, yeah. and um, rather than, you know, sort of more the actual centers. Right. Yeah. OK, that's so interesting because <laughs> last week, uh, Cluey came up on the mm. call with... Uh, um, uh, Claude Walker from A Rich Life and Luke Winchester from uh, from Merriweather Capital and they uh, uh, for exactly those uh, reasons said no to Cluey put it on they mm. put it on their watch list mm. they did prefer Kip McGrath because mm. it had a bigger scale and better track Ben's record yeah. if you wanted to be in that sector but mm. um, it, they had the same sort of reservations mm. as well uh, our final stock, uh, Jumbay, uh, Liam wants to be on lifestyle communities. They're in the business of um, uh, of retirement communities and retirement living. Yeah, look, 
good good company, good management, and then long-term thematic is great because yeah. there's just this shift into retirement living. And you know, um, when people get to a certain age, it's not so much age care; it's really retirement living. You don't want to be, um, you want to have enjoy yourself. You want to be close to the beach. You want all these lifestyle that yeah. uh, when you get to a certain age gap, and they love to do it. And they're all they're all downsides. They all downsize. That's yeah. right. And then they want the convenience as well. They want the cinemas. They want all these convenience. Yeah. So it's it's actually fantastic. A lot of demand for those. Only issue is that the 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 price. Uh, so uh, the retirement property is always linked to the underlying house prices right. because um, you know the older people when they retire they sell their own house and then they put partially into the retirement living. So yeah. if your house is sold for a cheaper price, people might hold off a little bit right. because remember you know, you don't have to move in yet. So people yeah. might hold off. So it will does affect the price um, of uh, and the transaction level for those right. uh, for those properties. So okay. it's so much linked to the house prices, which is on the way down. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you see a, a big crash in house prices though? It has to it has to come off though. So you know, you look at the fixed rate. So last last two years, fixed fixed loan is forty percent of the loan, right? Yeah. And the fixed rate is going to roll from two percent to uh, six point nine percent. This is from second second quarter next year to third quarter, and that's big part of the home loan. Like people just don't have that much money to pay no. for it, and they have, you know living costs is going up and things. So I think house prices at least should fall fifteen percent, and fifteen percent. We're talking about Sydney, uh, Australia wide. Probably you know uh, I think Core Logic said that the biggest fall it's ever had is like 8% right. uh, across decades. Um, maybe that's optimistic as well because the interest rate has never been so low and now yep. we're going to much higher. So potentially it will hit 10%. Um, Sydney, Melbourne, is just a way more delta, right? Because, you know, price have risen so high than before. Yep. Uh, but like 15% fall in Sydney price is taking us to uh, April last year. Price. Yeah. So it's not a big, you know, it's, it's not, we're still in, You've we're not negative. you got to keep it in perspective. Yeah, we're not in the negative equity. So, you know, people are talking about crisis and things. Look, it just go back to the normal level. Yep. Uh, but but it, it has to fall um, yep. just to be more normalized. Yeah, uh, unless you took the Reserve Bank's um, recommendation the end of last year and bought in, mm-hmm. and you've only been in six months, you'd be in negative exactly. territory. Exactly, so absolutely, kind of, absolutely. Um, just out of interest, where do you think uh, official rates will get? We had, I was talking to Matt Common on Ausbiz mm. uh, earlier in the week. Um, he thinks with the uh, easing of inflation in the US, which will come here as well, um, they're only looking sort of 2.6 percent as the yeah. as as the peak of uh, cash rates are at 1.85 at the moment. So. Not that much higher to go. I know other banks are around three, yeah. or a bit over. Uh, I do think we have to probably get to three because when you right. think about okay. it, inflation is not going back down below three. Um, remember, our labour market is still to catch up. Inflation yeah. probably settles somewhere between, you know, five and six, right? So you can't have an interest rate that's below the inflation. Right. Um, so you probably have to get to at least three percent. Right. Maybe slowly, but you know, we have to get there. Okay. Mm. Michael, first mm. up, uh, lifestyle communities. Yep. Um, uh, look, I mean, there's a bit of momentum in the chart. I'd be happy mm. to hold here, but getting nervous. I think, um, right. again, back at $12, maybe there was a, an oversold opportunity then, but up here at 16 17 because of the headwinds, property prices, um, construction costs and delays. Yeah. With that, I think that, yeah, the share price is, um, yeah, the risk reward just isn't as nice anymore. So it's not something I could um, right. buy up at these levels. Okay. Uh, what's your view on rates? Um, so we've got, obviously inflation's a problem and central banks are talking tough on inflation, yeah. but I just wonder if we get to a point where that becomes the lesser evil 
compared to just destroying the economy and, and the housing market. So I guess I'm more on the side of rates won't go as as high as, as maybe three. I mean, I'm not an economist, right. but, but I so, guess my so gut feeling is the that... the sort of ComBank view that maybe 2.6% yeah. and then they'll... And we're just going to have to deal with a bit so. of inflation and maybe yeah. governments are happy to inflate their way out of their debt. I don't yeah. know, but... Um, yeah, it remains... But, but remains a lot of the inflation's been important, is it? It's not us going out um, supply, and spending yeah. heaps. It's just oil prices and supply chain and mm. that sort of thing. Yeah, and oil prices, as we know, are coming back. And, you know, there's a lot, a lot of soft commodity prices are back to the levels they were before the Ukraine invasion. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe it's being optimistic that that trend will continue. Um, who knows? There could be... There could be some other shock to the system, but yeah, um, yeah look, I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to admit, I almost, you know, I don't know. It's it is a very difficult situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the way China's talking about Taiwan at the moment, that's oh, absolutely, that's another yeah. uncertainty, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the share market is dealing with so much uncertainty at yeah. the moment. That's why the portfolio make sure they're high quality. You know, they they they're high quality. Right. They've got your sort of structural growth leader healthcare in there. Um, they're not all you know small illiquid names because they all get sold right. off the minute there's a war breakout. Right. Uh, they'll be down fifty percent. Um, so you know, just make sure it's high. quality. Quality. So you're overweight healthcare, are you? Yeah, I do overweight healthcare, and um, uh, and then you know some of the growth leaders we sort of move back in um, the, the structural, you know, like the things like Wise Tech and things, right. uh, because in this sort of environment you do want to be in the structural, like the growthy um, names, right. um, just because we don't know economic outcome, uh, yeah. we, we don't know if there is a recession in US, we, we just don't know, yeah. um, and if there's a war, oh my goodness, I, I, you know, yeah. there's just so much yeah, uncertainty. Yeah. You want to be in leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right, as you may look for Tribeca, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Have a good weekend. And Michael, great to see you. Thank you. Uh, Have a good weekend as well. Let's uh, recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Domino, a sell from both both Michael and Jumbo. It gets down to $60, $61. That's a sort of traditional buying level. Uh, Bramble's a no from both. Spirit, a no from both. Uh, Kit McGrath, a no from both. Gee, they've been grumpy on a Friday. (laughs) Uh, And Lifestyle, a no from Jumbay, but a hold from Michael. So that was uh, uh, sort of a bit of good news for our, uh, lifestyle communities there at the end. Um, hey, if you've got any stocks that you want us to take a look at, uh, email them to us, uh, the call at osbiz.com.au or um, tweet it using the at Ausbiz TV handle. Uh, just a reminder, you can find all the stocks in the calls portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio and don't forget to join us for the last call this afternoon if you haven't joined us before it's where we put our feet up 3.45 Eastern uh, as the markets come to a close we have a whole bunch of analysts and economists that come in for a drink and we just basically gossip about the market and and some of the big themes of the week it's a lot of fun so hopefully you can join us then in the meantime have a good weekend see you for the call on Monday midday as usual